1: the underdog podcast from sb nation and underdog dynasty all right joe talk fans we are back once again we have another episode this time we're talking cincinnati bearcat football joining me today we have clayton truder from down the drive clayton thanks for joining us man
0: oh thanks for having me it's a genuine pleasure
1: yeah, so we're going to talk about a team that uh, I think, I don't even know if you guys saw that coming last year, but a team that surprised a lot of us, and we'll just jump right into it. The first question is, what what did Luke Fickle do last year that helped them win 11 games?
0: I think in one thing, he put the team in position to win by having a team that played steady defense, allowing just barely more than 17 points a game, Finding the right man to lead the team and Desmond Ritter, even as a freshman, showed tremendous leadership ability in poise and poise in clutch situations. They were a team that figured out the, a way to run the football with a multi-headed assault. So, in many ways, they played good old-fashioned, almost Big Ten-style football, and um, got a lot of luck at in many instances. Um, this team could have been a seven and five team and ended up an eleven and two team, in part because of them getting some good bounces at certain instances. But I think, as much as anything, fickle. Created a winning culture at Cincinnati, and also created a team that was in the, in a position to win games late in late in ball games throughout the season.
1: You mentioned Ritter, and I think last year a lot of people were kind of concerned about this position, with given Hayden Moore struggles in the past, and then he it seemed like he was going to win the job, and then this freshman comes seemingly out of nowhere, maybe to the to, you know to fans outside of Cincinnati, but. Where did he come from and what did he do so well that made this offense click?
0: Oh, it was, out of, it was out of nowhere even to Cincinnati fans. We were all convinced Hayden Moore was going to be the man going forward. He had actually put in a very impressive offseason workout regimen, had lost weight, looked to be more mobile quarterback, but Desmond ended up winning the job very early in the season and showed great mobility and also great maturity for such a young quarterback too. He uh, demonstrated an ability to scramble in a lot of situations quite well. And he also had a remarkably high third down conversion percentage. I don't know if it's anything that one one could expect him to duplicate moving forward, but in situation after situation, he found ways to continue moving the chains for the Bearcats. So a combination of his, he threw the ball well, but his his, his skills with his legs and also his his awareness of the field uh, impressed incredibly during his first season.
1: And I think another surprise joining him in the backfield was Michael Warren last year. Obviously, the year before, we had Jared Doakes, who made waves of his own. And I think people were expecting him to do well. And I believe he got hurt early on and Warren took over. So Exactly. Yeah. Right. And what, what did Warren do that made him because obviously he had a special year so what makes him so special and then in addition to that now that dokes is back how does his return affect warren's production this year
0: warren showed great durability as much as anything he's the kind of back who seemed to get stronger as the game went on just battering on and on between the tackles and having a back like that over time seemed to wear out a lot of the aac defenses they faced in addition having ritter who can who can. who Produce on the ground as, uh, as well helped as well as Kavion Thomas, who contributed nearly 500 yards, as something of a scat back for Cincinnati. Um, adding Dokes to the mix gives Cincinnati arguably the best backfield in the AAC and a multi-headed monster they can use to assert control of the clock and assert control of the game throughout the season.
1: And how? So how do you mention those three? How how do their games differ? Like, do they have difference? I know Warren's kind of a bruiser, and Dokes seems to be kind of that way too. But are, how are they? Are they all similar, or do they each bring something different?
0: Thomas is more, in some respects, a third down style back. He's a quick guy, more outside the tackles, catches the ball pretty well. Warren and Warren and Dokes tend to be more straight ahead kind of guys. And one thing, Cincinnati also has a fairly strong returning offensive line with uh, three returning starters. You've got a couple of seniors in Morgan James and uh, and Chris Ferguson who will uh, power the running game in particular for the Bearcats. So they they have a strong interior core with which they can use to, uh, to to dominate the point of attack on the offensive side of the ball.
1: You mentioned the whole line is kind of talking about everything but the receivers, so let's talk about them. So Khalil Lewis is gone and And it didn't seem like, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but it didn't seem like they had a a go-to receiver in the sense, maybe a 1,000-yard receiver they didn't have. Is there anybody that can do that? And then who replaces Lewis's production?
0: I I think that's a great point. I think that's the big question mark on the offense. I don't know that there really is anybody who can replace Lewis in terms of just the consistent production he provided. Uh, Rashad Medeiros and Thomas Geddes are both more they are big play kind of guys and can certainly contribute that to the offense. But in terms of just being able to move the ball consistently up the field, I think they lack uh, what Khalil Lewis brought, uh, brought to the team last season. So that's probably my greatest offensive concern for the team. They may be able to generate some big plays, but will they be able to have the consistent production one needs uh, to to move the ball in a steady manner uh, throughout the season,
1: uh, through the year. Obviously, the you know Ritter and Warren were the surprises last year, and we we knew that that the offense would need to step up. For, I mean, I don't think anybody saw eleven wins coming, like you said, but I think. I certainly they, didn't. I, <laughs> I pegged
0: them as like a six seven win team. Right, That's especially after the year they had last year. Six,
1: But uh, yeah, so I don't think anybody, yeah, saw that coming, and we knew the defense would be good, and I think they they themselves took a step up last year as well, and specifically I remember Cortez Broughton and Marquise Copeland were phenomenal last year, but unbelievable, was, yeah, yeah, and now they're gone, so who who takes their place essentially? and what are some names that we can pay attention to who may not be studs, but are we contributors?
0: Um, Michael Pitts on the defensive line is probably your top contributor. He's a defensive end, more of a, more, more of a uh, contributor in the uh, stopping the run than anything. Um, I, I think my biggest concern with Cincinnati really is their defensive line. But outside of Pitts, there isn't a tremendous amount of experience up there. With uh, the loss of um, with the loss of their uh, their key talent from last year up front, um, their linebacking core is very heralded with uh, with Perry Young with Jarrell White, who are both guys considered all conference type players. I have concerns that they won't they won't be in a position to make plays like they were last year without the kind of dominant defensive line play that the Bearcats enjoyed in 2018. Um, but, but White and Young are among the uh, among the premier linebackers in the conference. And Cincinnati's secondary is quite strong too. I uh, mean, James Wiggins, one of the top safeties in the conference, Kobe Bryant at cornerback. Uh, this is particularly in the back seven a very strong defense which Cincinnati is returning.
1: Yeah, so going into more into them, I, I agree that Wiggins is a tremendous talent, and his I believe it was his pick six against SMU that won the game. That that was so, exactly so fun to watch, and it's just. I think the, the thing that surprises me was it, the defense was, you know, solid the year, last year, not two years ago, I should say. And last year, they seem to just elevate their game, especially, you know, the secondary. And how how do they can they build upon that or how, how do they get better than they were last year?
0: Well, I think a lot of it depends on how the younger guys in the defensive line. Like, I mean, Curtis Brooks is a very impressive junior, kind of an anchor on the defensive line. Marcus Brown. They've got they have a they have some talent. They're bringing in guys who Tickle has recruited, who are three three star kind of guys on the defensive line. It'll be interesting to see how they uh, how they pick up the slack now that they're going to be playing regularly this season. I think, in many respects, the detail tail of the defense will depend upon the front four and how they and how they play at the point of attack this season.
1: I think, yeah. Overall, this it's it's just, everywhere just seems to be talented and there's obviously they have some holes to fill, but it just there's a lot to be excited about with this team, and I think it seems like they kind of arrived in terms of competing for the AAC. A year earlier than many expected so I think at that point we start talking about Fickle's future with the Bearcats and do you see him sticking around if they have another good year or do you think that obviously it would take the right job but do you think that he's going to be a hot commodity in the offseason?
0: Oh, well, I think he'll certainly be a hot commodity. I mean, to some extent, it will depend on how Cincinnati ends up doing this year. I think he's a bit choosy in term, terms of the kind of job he's going to take. In many respects, Cincinnati is a good fit for him, just building on his experience at Ohio State. I think unless unless it's a, a, a really a solid Big Ten job um, or another comparable position, he wouldn't leave Cincinnati for something that would be a, a you know a lesser team in one of the major conferences. I think he would. Uh, he would command, um, based on the resume he's built, a, a, a pretty high quality job if he's going to leave uh, Cincinnati.
1: So they come into this year after after the year they had last season, and uh, it seems that they really surprise. You know, they surprised a lot of people, and then all of a sudden, people were saying, "Oh, well, Walt, they're going to beat UCF last year," and then. It seemed like in the beginning of the UCF game that they they were going to compete with them, and then things kind of fell off quickly from there. Yeah, uh,
0: UCF was just too athletic for them. I mean, they, they, I, I think in terms of either UCF or USF, they're just not at that point in terms of competing this, with the, the capacity for recruiting those teams have in their bases in Florida at this point.
1: So then going into this year... Where do you think the Bearcats line up in, well, in the conference and within their own division, and are they, will they be a threat to UCF in the East?
0: I don't think so. Um, in many ways, I'm probably, well, I'm probably, I'm probably a little more pessimistic on the Bearcats than most. I mean, in part it's because their schedule just lines up so difficult, difficult from the early going. In September, they have, you know, they, start, they, have, they have UCLA who will certainly be looking for revenge Will be a vastly improved team over the second half of that season. Of last season, Chip Kelly was able to build a solid running attack around Joshua Kelly out there at UCLA. I, Cincinnati people, a lot of them, I think, are overly confident uh, about this game going into it. I'm very concerned about UCLA. Then traveling to Ohio State, they have a rivalry game with Miami, which they should win. But then heading to Marshall, who is, um, I mean, arguably the favorite in Conference USA. Those are. I mean, it is a possibility they can walk out of September as a 1-3 team just from their tough non-conference slate. So I have a great deal of concern with that. And then their next two games are UCF and then at Houston. That is an incredibly tough slate for their first six games, and they could be in a position where they can't recover from that. So I'm kind of pegging Cincinnati as being like about a 7-5 and five team this season. Um, and, and, and they may not be any worse of a club actually than they were last year. But just the way the conference that the, the the schedule shakes out, um, it may not show up in the record.
1: Yeah, it's crazy how you can have, and we see this all around college football. Is that you can have a team that is talented. I mean, you we just talked about it. Every every position, it seems like there are guys that we are excited about, and this talent wise is is maybe a better team than last year. But yeah, it's crazy how the schedule just really dictates what. Momentum and how a team will do. Do you think that there's a chance that they don't make a bowl game?
0: I I think it, it is within the realm of possibility. I think they will win at least six games. I'm seeing around seven uh, as, as I look at the schedule. So Temple's a very very impressive team offensively. Playing a Houston team that can score with anybody. Um, uh, Memphis. They is who they close down against. Memphis i was memphis or houston would probably be your favorite in the other division but that'll be a very tough game going in there i mean it's a it's a difficult slate for the uh for the bearcats in a, in a conference that i think has legitimately eight good teams going into this year for my count
1: i wouldn't argue with you there it's 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 gonna be uh both divisions seem to be very packed this year and I think with UCF losing Mackenzie Milton that the their offense has some questions and their defense wasn't exactly stellar last year either. So I think it's anybody's game this year, and I don't know if Cincinnati will be in the, that mix. See, now you're getting me all pessimistic too. I don't like that.
0: <laughs> I, mean, it's, I mean, who knows? They could win 11 games, but I, I could see a lot of potential pitfalls in this. And I really just think man for man they aren't at the level of roster that either UCF or South Florida are at this point. And I think it's arguable they probably I don't have as good a roster as either Memphis or Houston, man for man at this point either. So we'll see how things shake down, even though Cincinnati has a great deal of talent returning. And in some ways are still a somewhat young team in terms of their leaders. That's
1: true, especially it's with situation. Ritter and Warren.
0: Absolutely. I mean, it's, I mean, I could see Cincinnati being as low as fourth in the division. Um, I would probably pick them third, but it's um, it, it will be it will be very competitive in the East Division. Um, I think there's a little more separation in the West, is my impression. I would see Memphis and Houston as one and two with definitely an improved two-lane team. And I think I think SMU may be a little uh, a little under regarded myself, but uh, we'll see how it shakes out.
1: We will indeed. We will indeed. All right, well, that, that is all for us here with Clayton. Clayton, thanks again for joining us. And, and before we let you go, why don't you let people know where they can find you?
0: Well, you can find me at downthedrive.com, which is SB Nation's Cincinnati Bearcats website. You can also follow me at, on Twitter at Clayton Truder, C-L-A-Y-T-O-N-T-R-U-T-O-R. I look forward to hearing from you all, and uh, thank you very much for your time. It's been a pleasure being on the show.
1: Clayton, thanks again, and uh, we'll stay in touch.
0: All right,
1: sounds good. See you later. All
0: right, talk to you later. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting.
1: Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And that was Clayton Schroeder from Down the Drive. Thanks again, Clayton, for joining us. It's uh, it's going to be interesting to see what this Cincinnati team has to offer. Like Clayton mentioned, the, the games against UCLA and Ohio State will be difficult to start the season. They beat UCLA last year. Obviously, that's you know, that's a game that's winnable for the Bearcats, but it, it's... The Bruins are getting a lot of hype just because Chip Kelly is there, and we know that Kelly knows how to coach a college team. It's just a matter of how long it's going to take him to get there, and UCLA has talent there at that within that program, but it's just a matter of when they'll arrive and be back with, with Kelly running the show, and Ohio State, yeah, Urban Meyer's gone, but it's still Ohio State. That talent is far better than anything Cincinnati has and I don't think there are many people that are giving the Bearcats much of a shot to even hang with with the Buckeyes and it, it'll be it'll be a transition for Ohio State but it's that's going to be tough. So if they can finish one and one off of that that would be it, I, it would be impressive. To, they can beat UCLA but I just I don't think that Ohio State's happening. So one on one at that point. The rivalry with Miami is always been difficult. It seems like the last t- few times that Cincinnati and them have played, it's been a closer game than expected. So that game can also be close. I think Cincinnati pulls that out, and so they'd be two and one at that point. And then the Marshall game, which is on the road, they get two weeks to prepare for Marshall. But it, it Marshall, like Clayton said, is is the favorite in Conference USA, and according to many and. That's going to be a tough one on the road against a good Marshall team. It'll help if Cincinnati can prove how good the the top teams from the AAC are in comparison to the Conference USA. So hopefully that comes out with a win. But it's that's going to be a tough one. I I give them a win, but it's not going to be easy. So three and one to that point, and then. UCF UCF comes to Cincinnati and like I said, they don't have Mackenzie Milton, but it's still UCF. They are so talented, and as you will see in an underdog dynasty's top fifty players of the AAC, you will see a lot of UCF nights, and that is just that's what happens when you win twenty five regular season games in a row and you win a national championship or claim a national championship. We're not going to get into that. It's just they they are they are the top dog and they're top dog for a reason. So it's gonna be tough even at home to beat a knights nice team. So I just I don't see them pulling that off. So I think they're three and two. And then you follow that up with another tough game and you head to Houston. Granted, Houston's defense is not anything solid, but they seem to be getting better, and Dana Holgerson is already making waves on the recruiting trail in terms of getting transfers, and, it's, you know, his first recruiting class looks solid. So eh, it's just it's tough. You know, stopping D.R. King is a whole other beast. It would be arguably – no, I'll say it. It's going to be the toughest quarterback that they faced up until this point in the season. D.R. King is better than any quarterback that – the previous five teams have he's the Brandon Wimbush is not Deere King and Justin Fields is good but Deer King is a much better quarterback at this point so it's it's gonna be tough and if they get in a shootout which I don't think Cincinnati's defense will allow but if that happens I don't think the offense can hang with that so I wouldn't be surprised if we're heading to Tulsa at at three and three and then the next three games could be easier now tulsa has a lot to prove but i don't know it's tulsa's got again like i said they have a lot to prove so i don't see cincinnati slipping up here especially at home so that's probably a win. put them four and three at ecu would be tougher than expected i think but cincinnati is just a better team and more consistent so that would be five and three, and then Yukon, I don't even think we have to talk about it very much. 6 and 3. And the last three games is where things really get interesting. USF. Now we've said on this podcast that USF is a team that they could be they could be good and compete for a conference title, but we've seen what they can do when they're bad. And Charlie Strong's made some changes. I don't know if that's enough to make a difference, but we will see. I this this is where tough. I think Memphis, or excuse me, Cincinnati wins one of the USF Temple Memphis games, and I, I'm right there with Clayton. I don't like the pessimistic attitude after they won 11 games, but I think a seven and five finish is is where the Bearcats are at. Not bad. It's it's kind of disappointing with the talent level they have, but in, in terms of being realistic, I think seven wins is definitely where they'll end up and maybe they'll surprise us again and that would be great to win 11 games but it's just it's going to be tough with the schedule that they have like we said so i think a seven and five finish is what we will see so with that being said that is the end of this episode As cincinnati the next episode we have is the 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 ucf knights and we will have uh we have a our friends joining us we'll have jeff joining us for for ucf and we will talk the nights and that will be the last episode of this preview series and we'll have a bunch more guests within the next few weeks and the, and it, it'll be the season by then so we'll have predictions while we'll power rankings you just stay tuned to underdog dynasty i am joe broback you can find me on twitter at joe broback you can follow underdog dynasty at underdog dynasty facebook twitter all that great stuff and until next time stay tuned for the UCF Nets